Your Locked On Golden Knights, your daily podcast on the Vegas Golden Knights, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, we're going to have to wait another night for the Vegas Golden Knights to advance to the Western Conference Final. They had a chance to end it tonight, but they ran into a brick wall that was named Thatcher Demko. Welcome back, everybody, to Locked On Golden Knights, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It is September 1st, 2020. It is September. Let me say it again. It is September. We are months away till Christmas. This quarantine has thrown me through a loop. My name is Danny Webster. I'm your host, and I do appreciate you stopping by for today's episode in which this is your post-game pod on the Golden Knights losing 2-1 to to the Vancouver Canucks in Game 5 of the Western Conference Second Round Series. And when you go into this game, knowing everything is going your way and the game plays out the way that it should be and is, everything is bouncing your way, you should be celebrating on this night knowing that the Golden Knights should be in the Western Conference Final. Alas, that's not the case, ladies and gentlemen. Everything lined up their way. Everything you could have imagined for for the Golden Knights lined up their way. They swept the back-to-back in games three and four to put them in the position to be one win from the conference final. They go into game five with arrested Robin Leonard. They're playing a goalie in his very first ever playoff start, who, again, is you know fairly young. And then all of that combined, you should be feeling good. Except Thatcher Demko decided to play like Corey Crawford in the Game 4 of the Chicago series. Which, I mean, what can you do at that point? What can you do if you are a hockey team that just goes up against a very hot goaltender in this situation? We talked about it in the Chicago series. We're talking about it now. Demko makes 43 saves in his first career playoff start. Stands on his head for most of the night. And Vancouver lives to see another day. Now, I've, I've talked about this before. Hockey is not all that complex. Yes, there are the advanced stats. Yes, I use the advanced stats sometimes to back up what I'm trying to say. But at the end of the day, it's all about putting the puck in the back of the net and who and which team can do it more. You run into a hot goal, t- a, a hot goaltender. You run into a hot defense, a really good defense. Things can get complicated immediately through the first period. The Golden Knights peppered Thatcher Demko with ten shots on goal. They held Vancouver to six in the first period. Three of them came in the power play at the tail end of the first period. So pretty much Vegas is controlling play through this entire thing. Then you get to the second period, and Vegas plays the second period like they've played the second period for the majority of this playoff run, which is clog the neutral zone, keep everything to the outside, and pretty much impose your will on the offensive end. That works following this power play when Shea Theodore scores the filthiest goal this side of Edmonton to give Vegas a 1-0 lead. And then all of a sudden, Brock Besser, 24 seconds later, gets behind the defense. Brady McNabb gets shoved to the gets shoved to the side like a little kid at the playground. Besser deflects the shot from JT Mil- the pass from JT Miller, and all of a sudden it's a tie game 24 seconds in. It's like you do all of this work to get to the point where you're finally in the lead, and then 24 seconds later. Just like that. Just like that. And then, and I think at that point, knowing how this game was going, that was probably the sign that was like, well, I think Vancouver's going to win this game. Because at this point, you do everything you can offensively. You do everything that you can to put yourself in the position to win a game. And then it takes one play where one really good player gets behind the defense and it just completely 
uh, evaporates in your face. And then you get to the third period. Elias Pettersson does what he does best, deflects it in front of Leonard. Two to one, Vancouver leads. And then at that point, Vegas turns up the pressure. They get more shots on Demko, but Thatcher Demko was just good. He was unreal in this game. His re- his rebound control was excellent. Not many second chances for Vegas. There was a lot of offensive zone time, but Demko was just looking like a seasoned vet out there. He looked like Corey Crawford. He looked like Corey Crawford in game four. He was absolutely spectacular, making big saves. There was a big save on Pat, a couple of big saves really on Pacioretty. One of them was a one-timer from the left circle and another one from the slot. Carlson, he made a stop with his shoulder. Like There were a lot of big-time stops from Thatcher Demko in this game. And really, all you can do if you are the Golden Knights is tip your cap and move on to game six. That, that's really all you can do. Now, you also look at it from this standpoint. The Golden Knights needed to win this game because now the pressure is on. The pressure is on going into game six because now with the schedule moved up and the schedule more jumbled than it was before, especially after the uh, the players did their boycott last week, now you have to go into a, a back-to-back in game six and game seven. That's not ideal. And if you're the Golden Knights, if you do not win game six, you are in trouble. You are absolutely deeply, deeply in trouble if you do not find a way to win game six. And, and, and don't get me wrong, they are very capable of doing exactly what they did tonight in game four or in game five, do it again in game six, and they can win the game. But when you're running into a goaltender that plays that well and, you know, controls rebounds well, he's not fidgeting under pressure, he looks really good in net, looks calm and collected, there's really nothing else you can do. The only thing you can do really is play better defensively and make sure that Robin Leonard does not see the chances that he saw in this game, especially from Braden McNabb getting shoved aside like he was on a playground for the Besser goal. That one, I don't think we're talking about that one clearly enough because there's no way you should let Brock Besser get behind the defense like that in front. JT Miller with a fantastic pass to set him up for the deflection. By the way, JT Miller... Five assists on the last five Vancouver goals. That is absurd. He had three assists on all goals on in game four. He comes out with uh, two more tonight for five in two games. That's absurd. Even if some of them are the primary assist, that's pretty absurd. So the problem now, if you're the Golden Knights, is that this could be what happened, the similar situation as last year. You go up 3-1, you're feeling good, you feel like you're ready to go on, and then San Jose comes back, wins game five, and sets the stage for game six, the improbable ending there, and of course the improbable ending in game seven. You do not want to get to that point if you're the Golden Knights. But you clean up a few things, you score some goals, you get into the you get into the dirty areas, you get into the crease, you put the puck in the back of the net, you're going to be in good shape. You're going to be in good shape. And that's the thing though. You're going to be in good shape, but if you give this team life, if you give the Canucks life, if you give a young team hope, they will burn you. They will burn you. And we'll touch on more of that in just a little bit. But first, friends, this podcast is brought to you in part by rockauto.com, the family-run business of 20 years designed to get you the parts needed for your car whenever you need them. Now, we've all been there, you know, faulty taillights, something wrong with the engine, or if you're even in need of some new carpet, it doesn't matter. RockAuto.com has everything you need for your car. 
All you have to do when you see the Where Did You Hear About Us box, type in Locked On or Locked On Golden Knights because you know that is the name of the show and they probably would appreciate it if some people in Vegas wanted to get some parts for the car. I'm just saying, no matter where you are, or no matter where you're listening to this podcast, if you need something done with your car, the guys at rockauto.com will take care of you. Reliable service, affordable prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. And as a reminder, friends, you can follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnVGK. You can follow me on Twitter at DannyWebster21. You can also send an email to LockedOnGoldenKnights at gmail.com if that does suit your fancy. And if I could also indulge you for a moment, if you would like to leave a rating on Apple Podcasts, lets people know how I'm doing, how the show's doing, all of it is greatly appreciated, and it really doesn't matter what exactly you say. You can say whatever you want. Like, for example... KW3133 says he listens to the podcast and he loves it. And since he and I are pals, even though I'm not sure who it is that's sending this, five stars. I appreciate you, KW. Thank you very much. There's also Mustang Dan81, who says I'm basically boring and he prefers our good buddies at Sinbin. That's totally fine. That is totally fine. This podcast is not for everybody. Hell, sometimes this podcast isn't even for me, but I'm just here being the talking head that tries to entertain you guys in some way, whether they're good or or whether they're bad, it's all in good fun. I do appreciate you listening anyway, and all of it, any of the uh, feedback or whatever is greatly appreciated. Just want to point that out there. All right, let's get you guys ready for game six, because this is going to be, I touched on it before, this is going to be a very important game where this series might have turned. If things go the Canucks way in game six, this series from this game tonight has officially turned and not in a good way for the Golden Knights. You can look at the stats all across the board. You can do whatever you want with that. The offense was clicking all night. Even when Pete DeBoer was shuffling centers, which he's done before in this series, where Carlson was with uh, Smith and Marshall, you had Stevenson with Stone and Pacioretty, you had Stasny with Tuck and Cousins, and then you had Wall with Carrier and Reeves. It's worked before. So it I can, I can totally understand him wanting to do it. And even when shuffling centers, the lines were all good in Corsi. Every single line was positive. Even the second line went 16-6, which is fantastic in terms of thinking that that line was as quiet as it was and Jonathan Marshall's antics nearly cost his team in the first period. All in all, the second line was great. Every line was great. But when you look at the numbers, they should have had more goals. I mean, they had 10 high-danger chances to 4. They had a 43-17 to 17 edge in shots, or a 44-17 edge in shots. And they nearly won the faceoff battle at 52 to 48, which is something that they had no chance of winning at any point in this series when you're going against such a really good faceoff team in the Canucks. The numbers are going to look great. But again, this was much like it was in game four against Chicago. It's so hard to find anything wrong in this game. When you look at the numbers and you look at the way that they peppered Demko with shots, it is so hard to look at this game and find anything wrong. Really, the only thing you could think of that, that would be wrong would be Marshall committing that stupid slashing penalty uh, in the first period that could have, like I said, could have cost the Golden Knights in a huge way. And I mean, you look at the and you look at the numbers. He had eight shots on goal, which led the team. But there were some passes that really were uncharacteristic of Marshall. He he has not looked comfortable in this series. The Canucks have done a really good job of keeping him quiet. And really, they've done a really good job of keeping that entire second line quiet. They haven't really gotten going in this series, which, again. When you have the top line buzzing the way that it is, you have the third line playing as well as it is, you can afford to have the second line take a night off. 
you would like to have the second line not second line off if you are peppering Demko with shots and you're not getting anything on the board. And I think Marshall had a couple of chances in close, but a lot of the a lot of the chances that Marshall put on net tonight were not dangerous at all. So I would really be I'm not going to say concerned, but I, I I'm thinking if Vegas is going to win this series on Thursday, you're going to need to have that second line, particularly Marshall for as you know pissed off as he's been the last couple of games. You kind of want to get him going. You kind of want him to get him going. They could have probably had more guys in front. Like Vegas could have had more guys in front if they wanted to, but it's hard to do anything when a goalie is controlling rebounds as well as Demko was. Like you're not going to get really anything going. It, you, it's one thing, and this was, this happened a lot against uh, Crawford in game four. You're going to come into a lot of situations where you're going to put the shot on and there's going to be a lot of rebounds to control. And Crawford, to his credit, did a great job at getting those second chances and corralling them. He did not allow many uh, chances, many good second chances. Once he made the save, he was in prime position to stop the second one. When Demko is making saves and he's controlling rebounds, there's really not much you can do. And all you, again, all you have to do is tip your cap to the goalie and move on. Sure, you could have probably put more bigger bodies in front. You could probably put Tuck in front as a net front presence. You could have probably had Stasny stay in front. You could have probably had Stone try and do something in front. But at the end of the day, if even Demko is seeing a whole lot of traffic and he's making stops left and right, there's again, there's nothing you can do except tip your cap and move on and hope that you can make some necessary changes involved to play a much better game six. But this does create an interesting ploy. It's now a must win for Vegas because you cannot afford to go to a seventh game on the second end of a back-to-back. You cannot, under any circumstances, go from a 3-1 lead to within the span of three days, now tied going into a game seven. That would be the worst case scenario. And I, and again, you give that Vancouver team hope and you give that Vancouver team a chance in that kind of a situation, you really think they're going to squander that? You really think that they're going to let up on that opportunity? The Golden Knights are obviously the better team. They will be up for a game seven. They will be ready to go in every facet. But at the end of the day, you give a team life, you never know what's going to happen. Just like the Sharks last year. You give that team life, things are going to happen. In game five, you got the win. Okay, it was on home ice. You go back to game six. It goes into double overtime. You give them a shorthanded goal. They score. They win. And now all of a sudden, they're going back home to game seven. Yeah, they fall down 3 nothing. But then you give them hope on a five-minute major penalty. And then right there, four goals, bada-bing, bada-boom. And then, yeah, you almost steal it back. But then you can't get anything past Martin Jones because even if you allow the tying goal, you're still playing a five on five and you haven't been able to really beat Martin Jones to this point. So now you have to deal with that fact. And then you have to deal with how, well, how tired are we having played three overtime periods in the last, you know, two games. It, it, it doesn't bode well when you give a team hope and it's not going to bode the Golden Knights well if they give them hope. Now I thought Robin Leonard was okay. You know, you don't see a whole lot of shots. That's one thing. I think he, well, he saw 17 shots in total, made 15 saves. So the numbers really aren't going to pop off the page. But if you get a hot goalie for the second game in a row, you're in trouble. Because then you got to hope that Robin Leonard is going to step up in that situation and be equally as dominant, if not better, than the hot goalie across from you. Me, personally, I would think I would go with Marc-Andre Fleury in Game 6 and have Leonard ready for Game 7. Now, again, you take away the two power play goals from Fleury 
the on Sunday in Game 4. You take those two away, he was fantastic. Even if the goal that went off his skate and he kicked it in, that, that was a fantastic performance from Marc-Andre Fleury. You want that Marc-Andre Fleury again, especially in a closeout situation. If you go with him in this situation, though, you hope that it lights a spark. And especially knowing the situation that's at hand, you let Flurry close out a game that's going to put a lot of excitement in that locker room. And even Nate Schmidt said it himself after game four when Flurry went out there and he played fantastic. The team will rally around Flurry because, not because they think of the situation, they know just how vital Flurry is to this locker room. They're going to go out there and they're going to perform as best as they can to win him a game. And if they can do that in game six, which probably is what they need in this situation, they need to have some more, some motivation to get them to the Western Conference final. It's probably going to have to be on the shoulders of Marc-Andre Fleury. And again, if he loses, you go back to Leonard in game seven, but you really don't want it to get to that point. You don't want to get to that point point. And again, there's not really much you can change up from this game to game six, which by the way, game six is another 645 PM start. So keep that in mind. Uh, Game seven, if there is a game seven time has not been determined to that point. There's not really much you can do if you're Vegas. Yeah, maybe you can do things schematically and you know play for the extra pass and try and get bodies in front of whether it be Demko or Markstrom, whoever starting game six. You could probably do things schematically to get yourself in a better position to beat the goaltender in front of you. But the Golden Knights did everything right but put the puck past Demko. So pretty much the only thing you can do if you're Vegas is do what you did again, and this is exactly like what they did in Game game 4 against Chicago. Do what you did well, carry it over to Game 5, and close the deal. You do that, you're in the conference final. If you don't, and you give this team life, you're in trouble. I know it's not that complex. It's not that, you know, it's not that much of rocket science. It is basically do what you've done, finish the job, go to the Western Conference final, see if you're playing Dallas, see if Colorado makes a run at this, and sit back and wait and get ready because you're going to need four more wins against a really good team, no matter who comes out of that series, to get to the Stanley Cup final. So take care of business, do what you got to do, and don't give the team life. It is simple as that. So the Canucks weren't the only team to stave off elimination on uh, what what day are, what day are we even in? I don't even know what day we're in. I thought we were on Friday for a second. It is Tuesday, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know what day it is anymore. But the Canucks weren't the only team to stave off elimination on Tuesday. The, the, the Philadelphia Flyers, good Lord. This is what happens when you have a team that is fi and fly. It doesn't make sense. Change the name. No, I'm kidding. Do not change the name. It's fine. The Flyers survived a near meltdown in the third period, is what I've been trying to say, uh, to beat the Islanders 4-3 to in overtime on Tuesday. Scott Lawton with the game winner to force a game six, meaning the Tampa Bay Lightning still wait for their opponent in the Eastern Conference Final. The Stars and Avalanche play game six tomorrow. We'll see if Colorado can find their game back for a second time in a row and force a game seven. Uh... Game, what was it, game five between Dallas and Colorado. 
you you ever watch Twitter like in real time and you don't refresh your page for like a minute and then all of a sudden something drastically changes in the blink of an eye and you're like, what in the world just happened? That was me getting caught up on Dallas and Colorado because I'm trying to watch the end of Tampa and Boston while they're in overtime and I'm kind of keeping my eye on Twitter on Dallas and Colorado and all of a sudden it says, okay, well, Belmar scored four minutes in while well, they're off and running and then they score two. And then you refresh the page like 20 seconds later, it's three. Then you wait another minute, four, five. What is going on? And then, you know, you can make the decision here or there that Ben Bishop probably definitely was not ready to play that game. I get the understanding of, well, maybe you want to give Kadobin a night off because he's been so good for you and you don't want to tax him, especially when you know Bishop's your 1A. But Anton Kudobin needs to go in game six. Like there, there is no question in my mind. He needs to be the starter for the Dallas Stars in game six. And you got to hope that he's on his game even after a day off or two. And technically not even a day off because he had to play the rest of the game after Boundis pulled Bishop after giving up, what, four goals? And then Kudobin gave up one right off the draw? Like I, you don't need that. So you got to hope that Kudobin is ready to go. I mean, Kudobin played well in the final, what, 40 minutes of that game? So it's not like this is completely out of the realm of possibility. Dallas played well in the final two periods, but it was already done. You go back to Kadobin in game six, you finish the job, you go into the Western Conference final, and you wait to see if Vegas will join you on Thursday. Again, should be that simple. If if that doesn't happen, if that does not happen, I would be scared beyond peril belief if I'm a Dallas Stars fan, because that would mean that they've gone two games in a row and they cannot beat Michael Hutchinson. That, to me, would be the ever-loving nail in the coffin for me if I'm a Dallas Stars fan because it's like, well, we're finally to the point where we can finally get past the second round because it has been so long, and then here comes this guy that they got from Toronto earlier this year, and he just completely whips us. And I, I mean, Hutchinson didn't whip them, but you know, you give up two wins without Francis and without Grubauer, yeah, you're going to need to play a lot better against Michael Hutchison if I'm the Stars. So, Game 6 tomorrow, that should be fun. Flyers and uh, Islanders will also be on Thursday along with Golden Knights and Canucks. We'll see if the Islanders and the Golden Knights will advance to there. One more random thought before we get out of here. I know we've watched, what what are we, what are we we're about a month into the bubble. We're about a month into the resuming of play with hockey and whatnot, and it's been great. It's been fun. Clearly, I have not turned my head to my TV at any point during a commercial or during intermission at any point. When did Terry Bradshaw get a reality show? I, I know it has nothing to do with hockey, but I'm still so dumbfounded that Terry Bradshaw and his family have a reality show. Now, now I know we live in the day and age where everything's a reality show. You know, we're, I mean, the Kardashians, of course, we, Jersey Shore, all these crazy shows that you just wonder where in the world did these networks find these people. And now Terry Bradshaw, and it's nothing against Terry Bradshaw, it's just how in the world did that land a TV show with Terry Bradshaw? I mean, I, I, I don't even know how long it's been going on. I don't even know how long the show's been happening. But why in the world is Terry Bradshaw on a reality show? Like, do they stop production when he goes back to Fox when football season starts in a couple of weeks? Is that, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Which is why, I mean, I'm sitting here thinking, I don't know why Terry Bradshaw has a TV show. And the fact that the first thing I saw of Terry Bradshaw was without his shirt. Like, 
what is going on here? What world are we living in? Has quarantine really made me this mad to look at a show and go, you know, why? Just why? Why is this a thing? Why are things the way that they are? And the show is on the E! Network, which, of course. But Terry Bradshaw has a reality show. And apparently I was told before, like, this has been a thing for a while now. Like, the commercials have been going on NBC Sportsnet for a long time. And I just haven't looked up at the com- at my TV enough to be like, you know what? I have an opinion on this. I, I-, I don't know. I-, I don't know why. I don't know how. I don't know where. But I think reality TV shows are just a ploy to get us all to come together to find one common goal of why in the world are these things existing. And I say that with my hands in my face. Because, you know, sports is the greatest reality show ever. Reality shows, it's hard to do a reality show when everything is scripted. And that, and that's why I'm just like, why, guys? Why? Why? Like, why does Netflix have 35 reality shows? Like, there are a whole bunch of shows that, you know, colleagues of mine have told me to watch. I just haven't watched them because I'm like, I don't want to fall into this trap. I don't. I don't want to fall into the trap of watching dumb TV. I can't do it. For the sake of myself and for the sake of my mental health, probably not the best thing. So, if you have any opinions on this Terry Bradshaw show, if you've seen it, great. I am definitely not going to watch it, but... If you've seen it, let me know what you think, because I definitely am not to be one to be talking about a four-time Super Bowl winning quarterback on a reality show with his shirt off. I I, I rest my case. That That is all I have to say. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to leave that thought in your mind as we say goodbye for today. And we'll be back tomorrow discussing what in the world we need to discuss. I'm going to give my thoughts. I know... Uh, I know I'm a day late, but we're going to save this for tomorrow. Uh, Manny Vivieros is now the head coach of the Henderson Silver Knights. It was announced last night. I will give my thoughts on that hiring tomorrow. Vegas is off day, and we'll also report back on what happens with uh, Zoom and whatever the lines, maybe the goalie. Who knows what's going to be? Because apparently you can't ask Pete DeBoer about the goalies anymore because yeah, we're, his feet are hurting because he's going to dance around this question so many times. Those are literally his words. His feet would hurt because he's dancing around the question. This is what happens when you have journalists ask questions from a bubble. That's all I'm saying. All right. So I will touch on uh, the Henderson Silver Knights tomorrow, and we'll touch on whatever else comes about tomorrow as well. But thank you all for downloading, sharing, listening, subscribing. All of that jazz is greatly appreciated. Again, follow us on Twitter at LockdownVGK. Follow me on Twitter at DannyWebster21. Send an email to LockdownGoldenKnights at gmail.com, and please keep those five-star reviews coming on Apple Podcasts. You can also, follow, you can also find the podcast on Spotify. Google Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever else you get your podcasts. That's where you can find it. All right, guys, that will do it for me. Thank you for listening. Golden Knights up 3-2 in the series. Game six on Thursday. Things just got a whole lot more interesting in this series. Until next time, friends, I am Danny Webster. This has been Locked on Golden Knights, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Have a good night. Good night.